You are with Andrew Cuse on RSN 927 Country Radio Relays. You'll know that each week I've been catching up with businesses or supporters of country racing codes across the state. Slightly different this morning because our next guest is, uh, well, a key part of the uh, Wimmera racing scene. He's a, a big supporter of the uh, Horsham Greyhound Club, but he's also involved, I guess you could say, in other racing codes because he's a, a vet located in the Wimmera. I'm talking about Tony James from the Wimmera Mallee Veterinary Services. Uh, Tony, thank you for taking the call. And by the scheme of things there, you're a very busy chap. Oh, that's correct. Uh, I, I, I thank you for ringing me and talking to me. I, I'm really proud of our racing codes in Victoria, or in Australia in general, but in Victoria in particular, being Victorian. And I think, in all honesty, we have one of the most honest and well-regulated uh, co- uh, codes, plural, uh, in the world. Well, Justin from Horsham said you've got a great association with his club. Just explain to us the role for our greyhound audience that you play with Horsham and the Wimmer in terms of greyhound racing. Well, it uh, started off as I actually was a GRV employee several years ago and uh, got to know the, the code more intimately than I would have just as a private practitioner and then um, went and explored other options and returned back. And uh, the GRV, as you know, has become uh, much stricter on the greyhound racing uh, is seen to ensure that the, that the punters themselves get a fair run for their money. And, and uh, as a consequence, all of the vets now at the GRV tracks are contracted to the GRV. They no longer get um, employed by the clubs, and that is to ensure a higher level level of integrity. So I applied for the uh, tender for the Horsham uh, track and was uh, privileged enough to, 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 to win that tender. You also do some work, do you not, for HRV and RVL, or is that still the case? Or That's correct. I've been doing some work for HRV, uh, particularly with uh, COVID-19. The regionalisation of the tracks have seen me do stall um, since, uh, since the HRV went regional. And uh, again, it's put me in a spot where I can appreciate the honesty and the integrity of our, our harness racing code. And uh, just of recent times, I've been given the nod to work with uh, Racing Victoria in uh, at least in some of the, the Wimmera tracks uh, when they have the gallops on. We're chatting to uh, Tony James online from the Wimmera and, uh, of course, uh, a vet that's involved with GRV and uh, uh, the Horsham Greyhound Racing Club. Are you based in Horsham? Where actually are you based there? Where's your, your, your main practice? Uh, I only have the one uh, location. It's at Warwick Nabil. I bought uh, a practice that had been here for over 40 years and uh, I came back from overseas and uh, wondered what to do with myself and thought I'd take an easy retirement, which uh, has not been the case. A lot of our listeners are, of course, involved in the racing codes. A lot are not, and it's always interesting when there's not racing on air, and I've got a chance just to talk about some of the things maybe that get lost in a, a busy day of racing and talking about betting and so on. Um, greyhounds themselves, um, do they have any specific um, needs that a vet would uh, attend to uh, more so than, say, uh, other canines? Oh, most definitely. I, I remember many years ago being told by a colleague of mine who was definitely involved in greyhounds that 
he'd rather have greyhound trainers than uh, many pet owners because a greyhound trainer knows exactly when a dog has defecated, when it's urinated, what it weighs, how much it's eaten, what it's eaten, when it last ate. Um, with uh, many uh, private uh, clients, uh, you, know, you ask these questions, which are critical questions, and they have no idea. So one thing about uh, greyhound racing is that the trainers are totally committed uh, to the well-being of their animals and know exactly uh, what they're doing at almost any moment in time. So obviously um, a greyhound is such a supreme athlete. Uh, post its racing career, we know there's such terrific uh, pets. Gap has had an amazing success and you see so many ex-greyhounds now uh, walking the streets with families and people that had nothing to do with greyhound racing. It just seems a great addition. We often hear in human athletes, uh, Tony, when someone's been a supreme athlete and they're performing at their uh, best and they're training every day, that once that stops, their body type, their metabolism, just everything changes. But greyhounds seem to have no trouble in going from being a hectic athlete to a uh, couch potato. Well, it's an interesting comment you make there. I think even, and uh, it's my maybe a little dig at some of those that are anti-code, anti-racing. Um, I remember reading a report that uh, they argued that greyhounds were locked up for 20-plus hours a day and uh, how cruel it was and they only got certain periods of time of activity. But I can assure you that they're not, inverted commas, locked up for 20 hours a day. They are couch potatoes whether they're exercising exercising and uh, the prime of their athleticism or whether they've been gone through the GAP program. We've got three out of the GAP program ourselves and uh, and two of them were, were racing. Uh, one never made it to the track, but uh, really a greyhound is just built to expend an incredible amount of energy in, a, in an instant and the rest of the time it is, uh, shall we say, like a loaded spring just stored it up and, and, and resting, waiting for that moment to explode. And uh, again, for the trainers, they know I'm, what I'm talking about. They, they get put out for a run two or three times in the day, four times in a day, where they do this explosive exercise up and down the tracks, and then they come back and generally lie down. We, 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 we see, in some ways, I see a lot less stereotypic behaviour in racing greyhounds than I do in border collies kept in backyards. We're chatting to Tony James uh, from the uh, Wimmera Mallee uh, Vet Services uh, based at Warwick Nabeel. He's one of the GRV vets that looks after the uh, Horsham Greyhound Racing Club. Uh, Tony, um, I guess if I looked in the internet, I'd find a, a, a club, a, a collection of people that have every breed of dog imaginable, and they'll tell us how fantastic those dogs are to be as family additions. But is there something specifically about the greyhound that makes them so perfect to be part of families? Yes, there is. They, they, there's this big misconception that because they're big dogs and they're, they are athletic dogs, as I said, one of the fastest land creatures on the planet, um, that they need a lot of exercise. But, you know, I, I can't begin to tell you how the three that we have have just taken over both the lounge room and uh, the back veranda, depending on what the day is offering. Uh, sunshine or rain and uh, they are just ideal one of the things I found out when I was working with GRV and I've, I've, I've always carried with me as I've gone forward is that uh, some of the senior greyhounds I once said to one of the GAP 
managers there that they must be hard to adopt the older dogs. And they said, far from it. A lot of people um, adopt the older dogs for parents that may have been widowed or uh, widower uh, and, and, and provide comfort for that person. So while they may be a big dog, as long as the um, the person is not, you know, particularly frail, they they provide a companionship because they really demand uh, limited care. They're short-haired. Um, they are always placid, rarely bark. The dogs, as you said, that go through the GAP program uh, are well uh, socialised. And the GAP program, as you said, at least in Victoria, but elsewhere also, but particularly in Victoria, is one of the most successful in the world. And you've got a very interesting background. You're well-travelled because you did spend quite a bit of time, I believe, uh, Singapore and the Hong Kong Jockey Club as a vet. What was that like? Uh, well, I wasn't at Hong Kong Jockey Club as a vet. I was at one of the universities, but I had a lot to do with the Hong Kong Jockey Club as they worked also to improve their welfare. Uh, like all codes, there's a greater awareness from both the industry and the participants within the industry that they have to be doing the right thing by these athletes that have retired and given so much enjoyment to to the punters. So I was involved with uh, you know, with the vets within the Hong Kong Jockey Club in um, ethical review of the of a lot of the processes as they got retired off the track. So it was more as an external uh, input than than working for the, the the Jockey Club itself. Just away from greyhounds, so horses are a lot bigger animals. I'm guessing more. Um uh, greyhounds are brought to your practice than horses, but uh, a totally different and uh, bigger animal for you to look after. Well, the, uh, the the standard bred is the one I see most, uh, particularly in the Wimmera, and uh, I again have a complete love of that horse. Even when I was first graduated and working in back in Geelong, there was a significant number of of standard breds around Geelong, and it's when I first fell in love with that particular breed of horse and. Uh, and, and still have a passion for them. Uh, Why are they so hardy? Because and obviously well and truly uh, okay to do so, but they race and back up so much, and um, we've seen in some meetings where the horses race twice on a, a day. Um, why are they so hardy compared to the thoroughbred? Oh, I, I think it's a lot to do with with their foundation in the states, and that they were, you know, they really did come from uh, from. Uh, Carriage horses, that this is the whole thing. They came from carriage horses, which would be working day in and day out. Um, the thoroughbreds have been the, the, the kings and queens of, of the sport. And we were just talking about that actually last week at Ballarat. Um, they've been, the thoroughbreds have been so bred to be almost, you know, at the, at the top of physiologic, physiological, uh, 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 I can't think of the word here, but just they're really at the top of it. It's almost like, Friesian cows now, they have such big udders to produce so much milk that they're no longer cows, they're just milking machines and, 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 you know, thoroughbreds are just racing machines, whereas standard breeds still have that, uh, history in them that they were, they were, they were working horses, that they were, you know, car, pushing carts or pulling carts around the place and, and have that, uh, that genetic sort of, um, longevity in them that, that maybe thoroughbreds don't have. I, I think that's got a lot to do with it. Tony, great to have a chat to you. Um, it's a key part of the racing codes. Your association with the Horsham Greyhound Racing Club and the Wimmer especially is one of the reasons we wanted to have a chat to you. But just to give our listeners an insight into the workings of a vet, and I know there's many across the state that do what you do. And uh, just finally out there at the Wimmer and Warwick Nabeel, we've talked about greyhounds and, 
and uh, horses. But uh, I guess every now and again, Mrs. James from down the road might bring her budgie along as well. You see them, you see all sorts of, of uh, animals small as well. Absolutely. I just <laughs> had a lamb in the, in the consult room just a few moments ago. Terrific. Thanks for taking the call, Tony. All the best. It's great. It's great to talk to you. Thank you very much. Tony James there, the Wimmera Mallee vet. Uh, they're associated with the uh, Horsham Greyhound Club and GRV. Great to have a chat to Tony, and we thank him and all the vets across the state for their support of country greyhound racing and the codes.